0: Getting you up and getting your sports day started. I mean, I could wear a good-looking suit, and I could speak eloquently for it on his behalf. This is the Morning Drive podcast.
1: And okay. then you'll take your uh, remote and you'll push the button. Okay. And then magically, the game will appear mm.
0: from Double T ninety-seven-three. I guess there's a lot of logistics when it comes to the college football playoff and the management committee, the um, the presidents and the chancellors kind of took matters into their own hands a few weeks ago when they said "Uh, you're going to 12 okay and get there as quickly as you can Mm -hmm. and the thought was or the and i think it's still there uh, 2024 uh which is you know in two years um but apparently the management committee still needs more time to expand uh for 12 as soon as 2024 um Bill Hancock, the executive director, uh, quoted as saying, we won't wrap up this week. Uh, They had meetings that lasted almost seven hours at the Big Ten headquarters. It's never been done before, and so anytime you have new ground to break, it takes a lot of conversation to make sure you're not missing any details. The 10 FBS commissioners, including the Big 12 commissioner, uh, Brett Yormark and Jack Swarbrick, of course, the Notre Dame athletic director, are going to meet again this morning, uh, and then they're going to meet again on October 20th in Dallas, um, they're moving, considering moving the entire season to week zero, which would then be week one, right? Um, and then having the conference championship games on Thanksgiving weekend. How would you feel about that? I'd be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I think that'd be a good, I think that'd be a, certainly a, a highlight, right? Mm-hmm. A highlight weekend. Um, I mean, obviously you're going to have You know, the NFL games on Thanksgiving Day, there's games that'll be the day after. There's always big games the day after Thanksgiving, and that's Saturday. And, of course, NFL games on Sunday. Um, The thing that, I guess, I look at this and go, okay, why why do we always have to accommodate all these things? But um, the College Football Playoff Committee has already announced that Atlanta will host the national championship game in January of 25. So that'd be for the 24th season. And then miami in 2026. um the problem with atlanta you know and kind of moving some of these other things around is hotel rooms and especially for you know the early round games not necessarily for that game uh but first round games and then you see if hotels and convention centers in the host cities can accommodate an expanded field and then they're worried about how the new year's six bowls will handle the rotation as the four quarterfinals and two semifinal games will be played in bowls, they would have to come to terms on a TV contract for the first-round games. ESPN would retain control through existing bowl and playoff deals of the quarterfinals, semifinals, and title game until the current contract expires following the 2025 season.
1: Get it figured out.
0: Get it figured out, right. Get it figured out. Yeah, that that's thats the first thing that went through my mind. Is like, okay, well... Y'all get, get in the room and stay in the room and just figure it out. Yep. yep. So, so that you can get to, to 12. Uh, the College Football Playoff Committee's Board of Governors voted unanimously on September 2nd to expand the playoff to 12 teams in 2026, if not sooner. And I think the if not sooner was, hey, get this done now so that we can take advantage of the money that's available today. Mm-hmm. Or the extra money that's available sure. today. Sure, why wait? Why wait? So figure out all your little pesky details. Figure out how you're going to figure out how the Rose Bowl is going to be involved because they're the ones that are going to moan the loudest, scream the loudest because they're the granddaddy of them all. So once we get that figured out, then we can go about the be- the business of having 12 college football playoff teams. I do think when you get to 12, Jamie, I'll get your. I want your opinion on this. I do think the regular season becomes even more meaningful, um, just from the standpoint that I feel like um, if you have an early loss, if you're one of the top ten teams, it doesn't immediately knock you out of potentially being in that college football final four.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, I I don't know that it hasn't been meaningful before, but I I do agree that. I like that aspect of it, that you still have a shot to win mm-hmm. a national championship. And so hopefully that leads to teams still scheduling st- uh, tough teams mm-hmm. so they aren't fearful of getting knocked out with one loss.
0: Yeah. And I think and I think the other thing, too, is, is by, and part of what I mean by the regular season more meaningful doesn't mean that it's not now. But when you have, obviously, you have more teams that have a chance to get into the, quote, playoffs, whether it's, Baseball or football or basketball or whatever, just keeps your fan base interested at a more intent level. I think longer, especially if you're in that top twenty-five or top fifteen or top twenty. You know, knowing that on any given week that you could potentially move in to at least a playoff situation, either potentially host a game or go on the road for a game, and then once the games start, I I do think it's going to be one of those things where. There will there will be upsets. There will be teams that'll be playing uh hot. There will be teams that will have key injuries. Uh, so it won't just be the usual suspects playing for a national championship.
1: Yeah, and keep more guys from skipping their bowl game to prepare for the draft and all that. Mm-hmm. They're playing games that matter that are possibility that it could lead them to playing for a championship. Hopefully they'll they'll stick around and play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All those all those things. So I uh, I just I don't know. It just kind of makes me go. Okay, figure it out, guys. Just get in there and and uh, and make it happen. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what transpires with that. Um, this also, um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects coaches because if you have a twelve-team college football playoff, schools like potentially Mississippi or Kentucky, both of whom have coaches Lane Kiffin and Mark Stoops, that Especially Mark Stoops, who may have an opportunity to go somewhere else at a bigger school, a bigger football school, I should say. It's not necessarily a bigger school, but if if you have twelve, then like currently Kentucky's ranked eighth, and Old Miss is ranked eleventh, then they would say, well, why Why would I leave here to go start over somewhere else when I can potentially put myself into a college football playoff situation? And if I'm recruiting and and have my program in place i don't need to up and leave just to go to a, a little bit bigger school where i feel like i've got a tr- true chance to win a national championship you would think with the resources that would be available at kentucky and even old miss that those guys it may inspire some coaches to stay at their places a little bit longer as opposed to jump to the bigger school
1: and i'd like to think it'll help in recruiting for other schools as well. So it's not just the same four teams mm-hmm. every year in the playoff because I think sometimes guys are like, well, I really like this other school, but if I'm going to get to the college football playoff, I got to play for one of these four schools. Yeah. And so it leads to those four schools, you know, you're going to be in the playoff. It gets through, it's got to go through there, you mm-hmm. know. And so now I think hopefully that gives guys an opportunity to think, man, I could still play in the playoff, still give myself an, a chance to play for a national championship if I go to other schools. Now, that doesn't mean that all 130 Division One football programs are going to be like, oh, sure. yeah, well, I can get there through South Dakota State. or what? No, no. I mean, but it it expands it past at least four, and that, I think that's a positive.
0: Thing. Yeah, and not that everybody in the Power Five conferences is going to have a shot at it, but I think it opens up the um, ability for more schools to have a shot at it.
1: South uh, Dakota State's an FBS school, aren't they? Yeah. Or FCS school, yeah.
0: I mean. Oh, so that, was, they, that was bad. They may not be in there. Bad but choice. But they, may they still
2: um, don't have a shot at the National title. Uh, I mean, go. it's it's a fair statement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just didn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, you know, it, well, you know, it kind of did, you know, there for a little while, but yeah. you pointed, <laughs> pointed, pointed sure. it out. Pointed out it really didn't. Uh, we'll have the high school fan zone for you on the air tonight. Friendship and Lubbock Cooper coaches will uh, – be in attendance. Uh, the friendship uh, coaches uh, don't have to worry about a game this week. They've got their bye week. Uh, so they'll talk about, hey, is the bye coming at a good time? That'll be a good question to, to ask today. It's always one to ask. Uh, the uh, Lubbock Cooper coaches had their bye last week. So they'll uh, talk about uh, Chip Darden, Will, about Coronado and uh, the Mustangs that are coming up on Friday night. We'll have it for you on uh, Oldies 97.7. That's the Coronado version at 645. And Tommy Wood will have uh, Lovett Cooper uh, here on, uh, excuse me, on 100.7, the score. Then on uh, Friday night with the kick at 7 o'clock from the Pirates place. Look forward to that. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. That's me, man. Wow. Highly, you know.
1: (laughs) Impersive. This is the Morning Drive podcast. I'm like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Because your kids don't want moms? My my, my oldest is a senior, and I think we... I think we made it through without paying for a single mom. was well, not the guy supposed to pay for the mom? Oh, I don't know.
3: From Double T
0: 97.3. Today is the 28th day of September 2022. Time for this day in sports history. Here is Jeff McGuire.
2: All right. So a couple of days ago, we talked about how charges were brought against the eight players in the night in 1920 for the 1919 Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the ground jury now has now charged them. Um, they've been indicted now by the grand jury Being charged with fixing the 1919 World Series in Chicago Okay And the famous Black Sox scandal Again, we're going to fast forward just a little bit And let you know that the Chicago grand jury did not convict them Okay, right Because, you know, Chicago in the 20s mm mm-hmm. Surprised it even got this far uh, 1923, though Yankee slugger uh, Yankees slaughter the Red Sox 24 to 4 Nice 1930, Lou Gehrig's errorless streak ends at 885 consecutive games.
0: That's incredible.
2: That's like seven years, I think. Yeah, seven, pretty close. Seven right? years without mm-hmm. an error. All right, I should be able to say the year and the player, and you tell me what this is. That's how big this is. Okay. 1941, Ted Williams. 400. 406.
0: Would he go like six for six on his last day or something like that?
2: it was something he needed, uh if he didn't play today, he mm-hmm. would have it would, his average was three ninety nine point set six or something, and so mm-hmm. it would have averaged up. And then he went like three for four or something, four for five, something along those lines to get it to four oh six. Yeah. Nineteen fifty five, the first World Series color TV broadcast on NBC. The Yankees beat the Dodgers. 1960, Ted Williams hits his final home run, number 521 for his career. 1974, California Angel Nolan Ryan's third no-hitter beats the Minnesota Twins 4-0. 1986, tight end uh, Brian Foster of Rhode Island catches an NCAA record 18 passes for 327 yards. 1988, L.A. Dodger Oral Hersheiser breaks the former Dodger Don Drysdale's record by pitching 59 consecutive scoreless innings. A record I am sure is not still active today. 1991, New York Yankees set a record of 75 games without a complete game pitched. Oh yeah it has gotta be Somebody that's beyond that now Right Probably so Like every team In Major League Baseball If I had to guess Yeah Mm -hmm. 1994 Ken Burns documentary Miniseries Baseball Airs on PBS Have you seen it yet Jamie? I have not Mm -mm. It is Fantastically good And in 1997, St. Louis Cardinal Mark McGuire hits his 58th home run of 1997. Remember, the first 34 of them were with the Oakland Athletics. It is National Strawberry Cream Pie Day and National Drink-A-Beer Day. Oh, hey,
0: sign me up. I don't know that I could do both at the same sitting. A little weird. Yeah, a glass of milk with that strawberry cream pie would really wash that thing down well.
2: I, mean, I don't know a beer would go
0: well with. The I think the beer is with the meal prior to the dessert. Yeah, the dessert comes with a glass, cold glass of milk.
2: Happy birthday to Hillary Duff, who's thirty-five. Naomi Watts is fifty-four. Tyler Lockett is thirty, and Emeka Okafor is forty today. And on What's this a name day- from
1: the past. <laughs>
2: And on this day in 1965, six years after the lead Cuban revolution and four years after the failed U.S.-backed Bay of Pigs invasion, Fidel Castro announces that any Cuban who wished to leave the island was free to do so. With the uh, Cuban forces no longer blocking civilians from leaving, a massive wave of uh, immigration ensued, bringing hundreds of thousands of Cuban immigrants to Florida. Immediately, several thousand refugees boarded boats heading for Florida, leading to a haphazard crossing that threatened to overwhelm the U.S. Coast Guard and immigration authorities. As a continuation of such perilous crossings was in neither's interest, the U.S. and Cuba uh, engaged in a surprising cooperative negotiations resulting in Freedom Flight's airlift program. For the next eight years, ten flights a week from Cuba to Miami and many and many Cubans waited, nearly, uh, waited years for their spots on these planes. Roughly, roughly 300,000 people made the trip this way, with uh, the movement of people had several major effects on both countries. Castro was able to rid the island of many dissenters, although their departure was propaganda victory for the Americans and many that led to some significant brain drain in Cuba. It also markedly changed the demographics of Miami. And it was during this period that the city's Little Havana neighborhood became a permanent encla- uh, enclave in Cuban culture. And that is this, th- this day in sports history.
0: All right, 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. I, I saw this. Uh, you've seen the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest?
2: Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No. Jeff? He lives it every day, Chuck. <laughs> he doesn't need to see the movie. <laughs> yes, I've seen it. Uh, Nurtz uh,
0: Ratchet died the other day. Her, well. name, her name was uh, Louise Fletcher. Uh, she was 88. She won an Oscar uh, for her role in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest uh, that starred Jack Nicholson, really kind of put him uh, f- first and foremost in front of people. Um, what, what you don't know and what I didn't know after reading this article was that among those that turned it down, the role of Nurse Ratchet, uh, Anne Bancroft, And Angela Lansbury, whom
2: you know as the gal on Murder, she wrote. I don't think I could see Angela Lansbury in that role. Right. No, 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 no,
0: no. She said, I was the last person cast. It wasn't until we were halfway through shooting that I realized the part had been offered to other actresses who didn't want to appear so horrible on the screen. She won the Oscar.
2: Sure, yeah. It's a difficult part to play and she played it well. But uh, yeah, I don't I I don't want to see Angela Lansbury in right. that role. Right. And here's here's the cool thing another thing I didn't know. That would be like Julie Andrews playing that
0: role. That doesn't <laughs> right, fit. Right. Right. As she held her Oscar the night that she won, she did sign language to her parents, both of whom were deaf. I want to thank you for teaching me to have a dream. You are seeing my dream come true. That's cool. That is cool. That is cool. You know, that uh, she would rise up and uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, every time you I mean, even today, you know, that was 1975 <laughs> is when that film came out. But even today, when somebody gets angry, particularly, you know, a woman, they're like, don't be a nurse ratchet on me, you know, <laughs> right? Right. Even today, almost, you know, 50 years later, uh, that film still resonates. In so many different ways. Uh, Pepsi man has weighed in this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. And he's uh, put up a little graphic there on the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line. uh, Proclaiming the New York Yankees American League East champions. So they are. They clinched the division last night. So that's, that's one thing. He said, good morning, guys. I have to say, how about those Yankees? The Aaron judge weight continues, though.
1: It's helping them win
0: games. <laughs> it's helping them win games. we had four walks last night? Four walks.
1: <clears throat> and no, I don't have an issue with what the Blue Jays are doing. I mean, they're trying to get themselves into the playoffs, So, mm-hmm. if, if they think that avoiding giving him a bunch of pitches to hit is the right thing to do, then I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah, so be it.
1: Yeah. So, I have no issue with that whatsoever. That's... As doing what's best for your team.
0: Yeah, well, they still he still has time.
1: Oh, uh, he'll get it. I'm not. And if he doesn't, he doesn't.
0: You know, he,
1: I would uh, like for him to. Yeah, he still got. I mean, a home series with the, I believe the O's, and then mm-hmm. four games in Arlington, and so we'll see.
0: Looks like the uh, Astros will have home field advantage at least throughout the American League playoffs. It would
1: take a miracle for them, yeah, not to.
0: Not to. Uh, the Dodgers right now are the. Quote best team in baseball. They're with a with their record hundred and six and forty eight a six eighty eight percentage. Are they the best team in baseball right now?
1: I don't know, man. I think the Astros are pretty good. The Dodgers are are loaded, though. I mean, man, it's just hard to imagine either one of those teams not making it to the World Series.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland is probably going to have something to say about the way they've been playing. They are absolutely white hot. They're 8-2 and
0: two in their last 10.
2: Yeah, double that, and you're still not at what their last 20 is. They're in playing insane baseball.
0: Uh, Toronto's atop the American League wildcard spot, then Tampa Bay, then Seattle, then Baltimore. And the National League it's the Mets, Atlanta, San Diego, and Philadelphia with Milwaukee close behind. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. I bet you many of his coaches probably haven't. They're like, who is this? What is this Mayberry that you speak of, right?
1: This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Sign me up. (laughs) Get your popcorn (laughs) ready.
0: From Double T 97.3. Hey, good morning. It is uh, the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts and comments from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that. Go through the... Mobile app, it's presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, This, from uh, the Gates Flooring Center chat line, uh, washed up guy, I believe Deuce Vaughn to be the best football player in the Big 12 conference.
1: He's really good. He's really good. I mean, I think B. John Robinson would be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Texas. um, He's... Man, I would put those two at the top of my list, right off the top of my head of anybody that I could think about. Okay. You got anybody else that you would throw in there? Mm.
0: No. I don't think so. Just right off the top of my Nobody head. Nobody just jumps out at me. Yeah. That's a superstar. Um, entering this season, he ranked first among all active non-kickers in career points, second among active players in career all-purpose yards, 134 game Fifth in rushing yards per carry and total touchdowns. Um, right now, he uh, he entered the 2022 season ranked third in Big 12 history in scrimmage, which is rushing plus receiving yards per touch, six point eight, just behind Oklahoma's Kennedy Brooks and Texas's Vince Young. Those are two pretty good players to be right behind mm-hmm. coming into it. Uh, here is uh, Coach McGuire on. Uh, the K-State running back, uh, Deuce Vaughn. Uh,
3: they have one of the best backs in the country. Um, so we're going to face back-to-back to where you're playing a guy. I mean, Deuce, we, we've seen what he can do. He's done it uh, since he's come into the Big 12. He's a great player. Um, thing that he's complete, catches the ball great out of the backfield, and he's got incredible body balance. And it's tough to get down.
0: Without question and uh, i mean he's just and he 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 described him as being different than uh, Bijan Robinson um but definitely but you know um also just extremely hard to get down you know and, and
1: well he's just really shifty he's hard to get a clean si- shot yeah. on and i mean obviously great speed as well but his cuts are terrific i think Bijan can do a lot of those things but not as good but then Bijan is stronger running through tackles than deuce vaughn mm-hmm. is i think vaughn just uh, i mean just with his size and his shiftiness he just never feels like you square him up and because of that he's able to slip through some of those tackles or um able to fall forward at the very least uh
0: all right so with regard to uh, the case at quarterback because josh writes in and says case the quarterback may be the best and then uh you know his name is uh, adrian martinez here is uh Coach McGuire on facing Martinez on Saturday.
3: You know, it's it's gonna to be tough. I'm trying to think through. I mean, we we've faced some guys that can extend plays with their feet, but we haven't faced anybody like this. Um, this this guy's totally different. I mean you're where you can say, you know, maybe Toon is a I mean, he's a dual threat guy, but he's really gonna to try to beat you with his arm. Um, this guy can do it anyway with his arm and his feet. I mean, he's a true dual-threat guy that they're going to have designed quarterback runs um, and he can fly. I mean, I'm sitting there watching guys take angles that you think are good angles, and he's just eating up grass and and destroying. So we, we've got to do a good job of... Um, One, you got to play disciplined football. This is almost like playing a triple-option team because you got to have somebody that's got the running back. You got to have somebody that's got the quarterback. So you got to be really disciplined, and then you got to take good angles to the football, you know. But there's sometimes too that they're just you know running quarterback zone or quarterback sweep or you know just knowing that and really dialing in. Um, You know, it's going to be a tough task because uh, I mean I thought our guys did a good job uh, tackling. On Saturday, but again, the, you know this is a different animal because you can get caught up uh, with your eyes on Deuce, and then the next thing you know, Martinez is coming out and he's flying and down, flying down the sideline. So we got to do a good job of uh, responsibility, football, and being where we're supposed to be on defense.
0: And, and sometimes that that K-State offense, um, it's it's so maddening because you just feel like as you're watching it, it's like in slow motion sometimes. And the next thing you know, they're 20 yards down the field.
1: Yeah, I think they'll be a little bit different because Martinez is a different quarterback than some of those guys that we've seen in the past, the Colin Klein Mm -hmm. types that were so methodical. Um, Martinez is more explosive. And so it'll be interesting to see how much of their run game is still that, you know, you take the snap and you wait two seconds behind the offensive line to see where it opens up. I just think Martinez is different and they'll be a little bit different because of that but you know it's hard to gauge him because just clearly you know things didn't work out well for him at nebraska and you've seen him at times this year look pretty pedestrian and not a great player but then last week he looked like an elite player
0: he looked like an (laughs) all-american yeah so
1: he's just really hard to to figure out and because of that it's going to make K-State's offense a little bit difficult to figure out.
0: Here's defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. He was asked on Monday, how do you slow down the Kansas State quarterback, Adrian Martinez?
4: Uh, I've known Adrian since uh, he, he was a sophomore back in Fresno when I was the head coach at another school. And uh, he's a very talented young man. Uh, he's very athletic, as you saw He's the kind of guy that not only can beat you with his arm, but but probably more importantly with his legs. And they've got some design quarterback run game that puts a lot of stress on your uh, on your gap integrity and you just your your, your uh, uh, run defense, where you've got to you know have somebody account for him all the time. Uh, and then he saw on third down when everything was covered, he takes it on third and 16, and moves the sticks, and gets you know huge games that way. So. You've obviously got to have a a plan that's not just a normal plan like we've had the last couple weeks where guys primarily stay in the pocket. Um, You've got a plan for the quarterback run game from designed and called runs as well as the ad-lib things that he does a really good job with. And at the same time, he's completing over 60% of his passes. He spreads it out really well. Uh, I think they've got... Five different you know, receivers with, with double-digit catches or close to it, um, you know Deuce Vaughn's somebody who's somebody we're obviously concerned about. Um, he and he can get it to him in the throw game as well as as running the ball. And it, you know the tight end and two receivers all have catches. So it's it's a it's a really diverse attack that you can't just concentrate on one thing.
0: That's uh, Texas Tech defensive coordinator Tim DeRuiter. Uh, don't you uh, – you know, it's so funny sometimes how uh, assistant coaches and players take on the personality of their head coach, and it's it's not uncommon, it's not new. But, you know, Coach McGuire always says the other school when referring to Baylor. Tim, Tim DeRuiter's coached for a number of different schools, but he, he always refers to it as the other school, depending on, like, who you're talking about, like whether it's Cal or Fresno State or Texas A&M or – even where he came from so it's like he's he's got a he's got a fistful of other schools but it's always the other school you know he's referring to somebody
1: man most college assistant coaches have coached a bunch of different places head coaches too so uh
0: somebody asked about uh, martinez how many years has he uh been playing he made 11 starts as a true freshman in 2018 at nebraska he started 10 games at nebraska in 2019 saw action in seven games in 2020 so there's three uh and then in 2021 started each of the first 11 missed the finale due to injury and uh now here he is at uh, kansas state fun <laughs> so there you go so remember they got the COVID year you know that they uh that was basically a free space on bingo was kind of how that uh all worked out um this is an interesting comment um From uh, someone on the Yates Foreign Center chat line, Tyree Wilson is the best player in the conference. Most NFL
1: ready. He was a guy that I thought about that I considered being in the conversation. I don't know that I would put him as high as those two running backs. Mm -hmm. But I think Tyree Wilson definitely deserves to be in the conversation.
0: He said, this person goes on to say, we don't fully appreciate what he's doing because he's a defensive end.
1: Yeah, No, that may be fair, but I I still feel like I really – <laughs> really appreciate him. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's fantastic. You're right. He's right. got to be helping other guys. You know. Right. With single, you know, just single cook, not coverage, but mm-hmm. be able to go one on one and be able to beat guys and and it's just uh, yeah, he is probably overshadowed a little bit because he's not a skill position player on offense or whatever. But dude is a beast. He's killing it for us.
3: Yep getting you up, and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity
0: audit. 7.31 this morning on the Morning Drive. You like that? A brunch gate as opposed to a tailgate?
1: Probably not a term I would ever use, (laughs) but it's all good.
0: (laughs) There's, uh, there's, frankly, a lot of terms that you would never use that i use
2: that's probably fair
0: you know that's on a, a
2: daily
1: basis yeah and there's probably a, some that i use that you wouldn't eh, use just not
0: not a great i mean i kind of embrace some of your stuff but some of my stuff is maybe a little bizarro but that's that's understandable
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right uh, what you got for us today
1: all right my question for you today involves the big 12 football conference Mm-hmm and you can't say Kansas, if you are, if Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 football conference, Mm -hmm. who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Because it feels really
0: wide open to me. It does feel wide open. Um, I... I I really don't care, uh, but if you're gonna you're gonna you know put this in front of me, I, I guess I would say um, I used I, it, in the past I would have said Iowa State because I I, I kind of thought they were you know somewhat darlings you know and mm-hmm. you know kind of downtrodden kind of w- have mm-hmm. a tendency to want to root for them. I can tell you who I won't root for is Texas, Baylor, uh, TCU, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas State. Um. Uh. So then that leaves me with, and you, you said I can't include Kansas and I can't include Texas Tech, and I well, really, for
1: you, you can't choose Kansas, Jeff. Can right,
0: right? Okay. So that leaves me with um, that leaves me with uh, Oklahoma State, and that leaves me with West Virginia, and who am I leaving out here?
1: Um. Did you mention Iowa State? You talked about them yeah, being your about, darling, yeah. But then you didn't mention them I, I when would, you said you they, know what I would tell they you. They would not be one. You know what you I would tell you? I would, tell
0: you. I would tell you. I would tell you Oklahoma State. I would root for them. Um, I'd root. I'd root for them to win the Big Twelve. If I can't pick Tech or I or uh, or Ku,
2: okay. Well, I'm not picking Ku either. Um, so I have to go by this reverse process of elimination. <laughs> Get you, man. Because I'm not going Texas or Oklahoma, ever. Those two schools can go suck an egg since they're leaving. They don't get a Big Twelve. They don't get my rooting interest.
1: Yeah, then even, we get, if, even if they had stayed in the conference, I, I can they at least have, like go if, suck an egg too.
2: If Oklahoma was sticking around, I could in theory root for them, in theory. But no, they're leaving. Go suck an egg. Um, then we get TCU in the next group, uh, right behind them. For a lot of the same reasons, for Texas and Oklahoma, I put Oklahoma State right there with them uh, because Texas Tech's recruiting battle and the perceived power of the Big 12 is going to be between Tech and Oklahoma State in the future. You then look. I'm look. I can't root for West Virginia to win it because if they get that far, that means they beat Tech. I don't want to have that happen. I'm not rooting for Kansas because I don't want Kansas to win both basketball and football in the same year. I that would just vomit my mouth. Iowa State. I'm done with them the the darlings the dark horse of the the conference that always seems to come up short i'm sick of it they can just go away (laughs) um that leaves me with baylor kansas state and of those two i've got to go kansas state with tech being the 10th school that you won't let me pay i've got to go kansas state here by default
1: I'm surprised that you, I mean you had Baylor as like down to the no way no yeah. how and Jackson a couple of weeks ago on this other radio show I do he's like yeah Baylor there, there's nothing really about Baylor that makes me hate them I'm like what <laughs> oh, man, what
2: are we doing with the double regime change there I don't since care. the since yeah. what happened and your head coach is from there and speaks so highly of the people there. Sure. It, sure. My hatred for Baylor's football program in general has softened. Mm-hmm. Also mainly because everybody else has grown. Yeah. Like it's it's been a factor of both.
1: Do you tend to dislike a school because of the players and coaches or their fan base? Fan base. Oh. What's, what's the deciding factor there?
2: Fan base. I think it's usually the fan base. I can be. respect the players and coaches. Yeah.
0: Uh, respect the player respect the program. Uh let's see. For me I don't know if it's I don't know if it's about fan base or it's just maybe maybe fan base but maybe just sometimes location. <clears throat> location. <laughs> location. Okay. Like Austin and Manhattan. <laughs> it's, it's it, it, it's it's hard see, i
1: do i cannot stand going to the city of austin but it's it's because of the law it's that's that was an answer i did not see coming
0: location when, manhattan kansas
1: did you get a speeding ticket in manhattan once or something no no well that's the shocker of the day okay so i don't think
0: i have it to be honest with uh, okay, you so, outside of manhattan yes
1: when asking this question and thinking about it beforehand mm-hmm. it it, it all of a sudden just hit me, just slap me right across the face. Okay, there's 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Yeah. I love the Red Raiders, okay, with all of my heart. And I hate eight schools. I hate them. I hope they lose in everything they do. I hate eight of them.
0: Who's don't, the one you don't hate?
1: Kansas State.
0: Yeah, why is that?
1: I, I don't know. I don't have beef with them. Yeah. I don't have – I've is never –
2: they their haven't coaches, gotten in trouble for cheating.
1: Their coaches have never oh, come across as. Wow, it's been a while. As, yeah. Their coaches have never come across as cocky, arrogant, whatever, mm-hmm. in any sport. Um, I just, they haven't had a player that irked me. I probably don't know a lot of Kansas State fans. I do know a couple. Um, it's just their fan base hasn't annoyed me. And so that's the one school that I like, don't look at and say, I, I hate those guys. But every other one. Whether it be coaches, players, fan base, I hate those guys. I mean, I really, and of course, we're talking sports hate, right? I mean, sports sports hate. hate. I don't want any of them injured or to die or anything like that.
0: Texas. As much as I dislike K-State, I have tremendous respect for what Bill Snyder did there. Sure, sure. You know, so I I mean, that's that's as big a compliment as I can pay.
1: I mean, the other eight schools, like, there's just no way. No way. Kansas State's the one that I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, Kansas State. That's not gonna just bug me that much if they win it. Yeah. If any of the other eight win the conference championship, it'll I would just would hate it.
0: Who would be? Who would be? Do you hate all eight equally, or is there a ranking of your eight?
1: Uh, no, no. There's a ranking. Okay. TCU and Oklahoma State would be at the top. At the top.
0: Head. Why? Why Oklahoma State? I'm just curious. Fan base. Fan base, you just don't like them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have, okay. Yeah.
0: Is it more? Is that more from a baseball standpoint, or it's all sports? All sports. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody TCU
1: one hundred percent the fan base. Sure, I get but that. But Schloss Nagel too. Yeah. I mean Gary Patterson. Right. I mean, how, yeah. What is to to like? I mean, there's so much to hate there. Right. Right. Yeah, no, those, this, you're right. Those two would be at the top. Yeah. Uh huh. My sister's Oklahoma be- would be closer to the bottom of my really? hate list
2: if yeah. they weren't leaving.
1: No, I don't care. Again, whether they're leaving or not, whatever. Uh, Texas would be near the top of my hate list too. Yeah. Baylor would
2: as well.
0: Yeah, I know. KU's pretty high up there too for you, which I understand.
1: Fan
2: base. Yeah. No. Hey, and, and I've told a yeah, lot. Yeah. The the local uh, ones we've had here are just a pain. I,
0: I've told I've told people in in uh, maybe. Uh, th- there's a lot of arrogance up there in and in, uh, snobbery. And uh, there's... there's uh, KU is as close to the Texas fan base as probably anybody else. You know, in terms of the northern schools. There's a lot of similarities. There's some similarities to Austin and KU too. Just the town makeup of the townies and the hippies and the whatnot. Weird people. I mean, it's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we all have weird. Every fan base has some
0: weird. People. I know, but I mean, there's a <laughs> yeah. there's a pretty pretty high level, high high, high number of them mm-hmm. uh, up there. So I I get it. I get it. Um, it. Seven forty this morning here on the morning drive. Your thoughts, your comments. Who do you hate the most? We'll take them on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Big plays and even bigger laps. If they get seven out of those two things, game over. Mm -hmm. you're not you're not winning you're not winning that game at at all
1: this is the morning drive podcast uh basketball players who don't wear the same shoes the shoes that match the uniform okay match the color scheme of the the team they play for
0: (laughs) from double (laughs) t973 nice to have you with us this morning on lubbock sports station double t973 and double t973.com with jamie lent and jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines we come to you from the First United Bank, double T-97-3 studio. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Benchmark Hotline is open as well. We'll have the high school fan zone tonight at 7 on 100.7. The score, coaches from Friendship and Lubbock Cooper will visit. Friendship off this week, and Lubbock Cooper takes on Coronado. Friday night at the Pirates' place. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. That's at 8 as well. We'll join the Astros game a little bit in progress. Rangers uh, with a win last night. Astros have clinched the division. So they're moving on to the playoffs, much like the Yankees and the Clevelands. And uh, see, uh, see all what, what transpires uh, when it comes to uh, the baseball world. So be looking for that. It's a big weekend of football, obviously. Uh, Texas Tech and Kansas State will play in Manhattan. We'll have our optimum game day live coverage beginning at 7. The kick is at eleven o'clock from Manhattan. Um, biggest biggest concern for you Saturday is it the K State defense or the K State offense?
1: It's Deuce Vaughn.
0: It's Deuce Vaughn. It's just nailed down to one person. Um, here's a um, an article that. And you- uh, I I think um, I think for me it's uh, Adrian Martinez. I just. I think, and maybe um, maybe it's the ghosts of quarterbacks past, and I realize there's differences between each each one, but it just it just seems like for whatever reason, even Saturday against Oklahoma, when they needed to get a stop and you know third and long, you know Martinez went went for twenty something yards, and it just seems like K State has always had that ability to do that when they when they need that. I mean, fill in the blank team. Hmm. Um, generally speaking that's what it that's what that's what it feels like to me i mean certainly deuce vaughn is obviously a a huge huge factor for them but uh, martinez can do a little bit of everything and so that's why i'm a little more concerned about him i mean it's not much i mean it's like 1a and 1b right
1: Boy, i i just feel like you got to set the edge you got to keep him in the pocket your edge discipline has to be really good In this game, because if you let him get outside of the pocket, then I feel like he has the chance to do damage with his feet. So Mm -hmm. if you can keep him in the pocket and force him to be more of a, you know, just a drop-back quarterback than a dual threat, then that would be massive, massive. So uh, I do think it's both the running ability of Deuce Vaughn and the running ability of Martinez that has has me scared for Mm -hmm. this game it it really is it's not it's not the passing game part of things but uh it'll be a huge challenge you, this, this tech defense has done a great job against the run so far this season and it'll be a a huge challenge for them this weekend and i mean i think we would all say uh you didn't shut down but you contained Bijan Robinson last week mm-hmm. and we knew the Longhorns were going to have a great running game against you remember they rushed for over 330 yards against you the, the year before that number was more than cut in half in this
0: Basically game. the same guys.
1: So, yeah, so um, great job by them. Great scheme put together by Coach Deruder, And it's going to take another great scheme and a great game by them defending the run if you're going to have a chance to win this game.
0: So a um, couple things here with regard to uh, K-State. And, and we don't really get – you and I don't really get into the betting lines and the over-unders or anything like that. Kind of leave that to some of the other guys. But – are you, would you be surprised if K-State won by more than eight? Mm-mm. Um, you know, last year... Would they Would you
1: be surprised if Texas Tech won by more than eight? Mm-mm.
0: I think I'd be more surprised if K-State won by eight than, than Tech won by eight.
1: What's the line?
0: The line is seven and a half. K-State's favored by seven and a half.
1: So you're going complete opposite of that. I am okay i am (laughs) yeah i'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you okay that's all right i mean we'll we'll agree to disagree the the first time ever
0: the last three meetings um only one time as they have has has k-state won by more than eight last year they won by one in uh, 2020 they won by 10 31 to 21 that was in manhattan and then in 19 they won 30 to 27 and then you go back to 18 they won 21 to 6 and in 17 They won in overtime, 42-35 to here in Lubbock. That was particularly disappointing.
1: Last week I told you when you were rattling off all the the wins that K-State had against... uh, You mean Texas? No. Oh. All the wins that K-State had against Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. I said none of that means anything. Oklahoma's going to blow them out. So Mm -hmm. uh, this week you're rattling off all those (laughs) stats, and I'm going to tell you... um, None of them mean anything for this game. No, you're,
0: you're right. You're, and you're I right.
1: uh, hope that, uh, hope that, hope that uh, the Red Raiders change that trend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last week, uh, you were 100% right. <laughs> it followed the trend. It followed the trend. I did not see K-State doing that to Oklahoma. It 100% followed the trend. Mm-hmm. And so this week, we're hoping that it goes against the trend.
0: Right, right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and that the, the and I'll
1: continue to think that previous games, no, no, don't affect the outcome of this one.
0: I know, just sometimes mm-hmm. I like providing a little historical perspective. For now, you.
1: sometimes, like if you're playing a sport, basketball or mm-hmm. baseball, or maybe even football, where like you have a hangover from week to week, yeah, then that affects the game,
0: yeah, okay, okay? Mm-hmm.
1: or one night you don't play well in baseball and you're you, you have a tough loss and you don't play well the next day because of it. Mm-hmm. I could see that, but like year to year, I just like, hey, we lost to these guys last year. Oh, man. Decade to Here decade. Here we go again. Too.
0: That probably doesn't matter a they, whole lot either.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they beat us when I was three. Oh, man, yeah. we have no chance. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, so what you're telling me is a Texas Tech's uh, 13-6 to win over St. Edwards on October 1st, 20, 1927, won't factor into... October 1st 2022
1: I don't think it will but I still will suspect you to give us that stat later in the week
0: okay I I just don't want to disappoint you I just as much as I disappoint you I don't want to disappoint you in some things that you expect from me would
1: I be more fun if I bought into that Uh, would I be a more enjoyable (laughs) co-host
0: you ask me that almost daily it's almost starting to give me a complex thinking that there's something wrong with me (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to be the man you want me to be Chuck. no you're fine
0: you're doing you're doing just you're doing just great uh, here's a couple things uh, this uh, this article from uh, the Wichita Eagle Um. used to be uh, Wichita Eagle and Beacon or Beagle anyway, they, they called it the eggs and bacon is what they called it Wichita eggs and bacon is what they called it <laughs> <laughs> the newspaper up there anyway <laughs> the eagle beacon is what they called it it was the, but they called it the eggs and bacon is what they disparagingly called it <laughs> so,
1: so I'm, I'm laughing with you and at you at the same time At the time. same time, right yeah
0: at the same time mm-hmm. anyway um here's here's a couple things uh for for k-state they've been ranked before they're ranked 25th uh in the latest ap poll uh under Chris Kleiman. K-State has spent only a grand total of seven weeks in the top 25 since 2019. Winning as a favorite hasn't been easy for Chris Kleiman. Okay. Here's something for you. Donovan Smith, you probably knew this, that he's the Big 12's leading passer. Okay, uh, So they feel like the K-State secondary is going to be tested. Uh, Donovan's thrown for 1,117 yards and nine touchdowns this season. He is the only quarterback in the Big 12 conference with more than 1,100 passing yards. I think they'll be looking at Donnie going, because I want to ask you, who's K-State concerned about? I think they're looking at number seven. You've been listening to the Morning Drive
3: Podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to wt 973com